Joe's platform is really to just give America back to the people. This was a country founded by the people for the people, ruled by the people for the people. Joe's entire platform is the idea that, hey, these guys up on DC, they serve at your pleasure. They're paid by your tax dollars. They work for you. You do not serve them. You are not to pay taxes just to fund them. Your deal is about supporting this whole country, all of our freedom. Those inalienable rights are given to us in the Constitution, right? They're not granted by the Constitution. They're protected by the Constitution. These little nuances we leave out of our language and we've left out of our education for decades now, which has allowed us to indoctrinate and ruin the freedoms that are in this country. And Joe's focus is we have to reduce government. That matters to Joe. It's personal to Joe. Unlike most everybody else who says it, it's a real personal thing to him because he is a victim of those very things. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another special episode of Veto Blazers After Dark Live from West Hollywood, California. This is a really interesting and exciting episode for us. We were supposed to be on air with the Netflix star of the Tiger King, Joe Exotic. Instead, we are joined by his press secretary for president, press secretary for the Joe Exotic 2024 campaign, Michael Robinson. Michael, thank you so much for filling in and joining us today. How does it feel to be on the podcast right now? Hey, it's great to be here, man. I appreciate you having us on. And uh, despite Joe not being able to be here, thanks for thanks for having me as part of it today. Well, I'm super grateful for you stepping up because we both know time is super valuable. And Joe Exotic, the Tiger King, he's actually in solitary confinement right now. Uh, this is crazy to me. What, what's been going on? In, you know, just real quick, just tell me what, what's happened in the past couple of weeks. Why, do you, why did he end up in solitary confinement? Uh, this guy sounds like an innocent guy who's just paying the price for having a big mouth. Uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, how he ended up in the situation he's in and, and why he deserves to be isolated in solitary confinement. That sounds really unjust. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, that's exactly it. I mean, you sum, you summed it up nicely. He's in there basically because he has a big mouth. I think the Department of Justice has been working overtime to silence Joe. Uh, because really, as you know, now that he's an FEC registered candidate for the 2024 presidential campaign, you know, Joe in and of itself, his entire case, his entire story is built on a wrongful conviction. It's built on the value of entertainment. Obviously, we know this. That's why everybody knows Joe as this, this sensational character from the Tiger King. Uh, but but all of those things kind of led up to this place where Joe is in prison under a wrongful conviction, an unjust conviction. Uh, a messed up trial. He's began to really speak out about that. Not that he hasn't since day one, but the more his voice is being heard now as a candidate for a president uh, here in the United States, that has really drawn a lot of attention. And literally two weeks ago, uh, they put Joe into solitary literally within hours of announcing his first national media appearance to talk about his case and to talk about his campaign. So it's hard for me to believe it any other way. I don't think it's coincidence. Uh, because Joe has not gotten into any trouble. There's no behavioral issues. You know, Joe's, Joe's not like an inmate that's picking fights or anything like that. Sure. Joe tends to be a, uh, for all intent and purpose, a crowd favorite. And like I've said to, to many others, you know, right now, I would venture to say that uh, Joe Exotic is the most notorious federal inmate in the U.S. prison system currently. Now that Timothy McVeigh is no longer part of that system, I would say that uh, Currently, right now, Joe probably is the most notorious inmate that's in the system. Therefore, the attention's on him. Yeah. And you know what? It's an interesting thing because I have this conversation all the time with people where, you know, we represent a lot of celebrities who've been canceled and some of them have been accused of sex crimes and then they end up getting vindicated, but their careers are ruined. The, the, but people always kind of side with the media and they're like, well, this guy's a dick, right? But 
being an asshole is not a crime, right? It's it's not right. really a crime. And I actually, I don't know if Joe's an asshole or not. He's a character, right? And he he's larger than right. life, and he he says a lot of stupid things, and he he goes out there and he does things, and I'm sure he pisses people off. But does that mean that he should spend the next 21 years of his life incarcerated? That's the dangerous precedent that I'm trying to bring some awareness to by having you guys on today. So um, I just want to talk a little bit about the story for people that have not seen the show or that maybe like had it on in the background. It's an amazing show. It's really well produced. Uh, I actually recommend anybody who hasn't watched it. I didn't watch it all the way through until we started talking. So I just recently kind of really got myself up to speed and I was like, you know, there's a lot of information here and I see why this guy is considered a threat to the establishment kind of, right? Because he's kind of, you're all American. I, I know my rights. I, I like my guns and my gold and my tigers and, and that kind of guy. And, you know, he, he's been kind of navigating that. And then you get into this feud that he's got uh, with Carol Baskin. So, you know, she's obviously, she's famous from the memes. Uh, this is kind of the, the summary that I kind of picked up basically doing a little bit of my own research, watching the show, seeing what facts were available online is Joe to me just sounds like an outspoken guy, all American loves his, you know, freedom of speech and freedom uh, to, uh, to do what he wants to do on his land. But he doesn't strike me as like a bureaucrat, right? He doesn't seem like he's somebody who really knows how to do paperwork, knows how to navigate the the government and stuff like that. He's just kind of explosive. And, you know, he's kind of like the more annoying I am, uh, the more people just, will just let me do whatever I want kind of thing. On the other side of the spectrum, you've got Carol Baskin, who I, I the whole time I'm watching her, I'm like, she looks like Hillary Clinton's like uh, stepchild, <laughs> right? Like she's right. just kind of calculating and kind of, um, you know, and, and I don't know her. So I'm just saying a lot of this into editorial context. But, you know, when you've got her ex-husband is missing, uh, you've got the children of the ex-husband, you've got the assistant of the ex-husband, you've got a lot of, I guess, circumstantial evidence pointing to the fact that she probably killed her husband or had some kind of involvement in his disappearance. Uh, and then she's got the sheriff brother, and she is the opposite of Joe Exotic in the fact that she is a total bureaucrat. She seems like she's really right. good at the paperwork. She's really entrenched in local government, all the way up to federal government. And, you know, she's just kind of created this situation where she's really enriching herself off of her ability to navigate um, local, state, and federal laws. And then you've got Joe Exotic poking her all the time. So it seems to me, again, people are going to call me a conspiracy theorist for this, but what I was just talking to Roger Stone a week or two on the podcast, and we both agree that a conspiracy theorist in 2023 is just somebody who's two <laughs> months away from the facts coming out. That's um, exactly right. So my my insight on this is basically, you know, she's connected to the government. She's great at paperwork. And you've got Joe Exotic, who basically, you know, it seems like the kind of guy you give him a couple beers, you can get him to say or do anything. You just get the right, right. evidence built on him. He's kind of like a Trump in the fact that it's like, uh, show me the man and I'll find a crime, right? I could, right. I guarantee you if I dug right. deep enough into your life, um, you know, I know a lot of people that work in the political world. There's 300,000 laws in this country and 10% of those laws contradict each other. So That's you right. can basically find something against anybody if you try hard enough. And she basically, you know, had the connections and she's definitely got the financial resources to basically set this guy up. And now because he is a nuisance, this man has to spend 21 years of his life for some comments that he made off the record. We can call it locker room talk. That's kind of how Trump said right. it. 
you know, doing some locker room talk, who hasn't been drunk and, and been mad at somebody and said, man, I wish they'd get run over by a car. Or I really, right. you know, you wake up the next day and you take it back. You don't really mean that. But for a man to spend 21 day, 21 years of his life in prison over comments that he made to somebody in a, in a private setting, um, you know, I've talked to some people about the Tiger King story and they're like, they're like, oh, wow, well, if, if the woman died, then yeah, he should do 21 years in jail. I'm like, no, she's alive. And they're like, how are we locking up people? How are we locking up people for, for 21 years while the person is alive? And I, I mean, I'm from Chicago, gangbangers kill little kids and they don't do five years right. in prison. And, and right. they, they actually killed somebody, right? So um, that, that's kind of how I see it. I, I really see it as he pissed off somebody with the right connections in the government and the right resources to go after him. We all know justice is, is a luxury that only the rich can afford in this country. It's becoming more and more apparent. And she just basically dealt with her enemy the, the way that she knew how to do it. So that's my theory. Yeah. And that's that's me just trying to catch up the audience on, on what happened, uh, who Joe Exotic is, why he's in prison, who the characters are. Now, I would love your insight. What did I miss on there? Kind of fill in some of the yeah, no. I mean, I, you, you did a, you did yeah. a great job of summing it up. I think the things that people need to understand, you're exactly right. I think that uh, Carol knows how to play ball, is mm-hmm. essentially. Um, you know, she she learned how to be a referee before she was an athlete, if that's a, mm-hmm. that's probably the best way to put it. Uh, you know, Joe, on the other hand, Joe doesn't – Joe has never – literally, he's never been in trouble. Like, he's never done anything. The man served in law enforcement. You know, this is a guy just generally his heart's good. He does things for the good of the animals that he took care of, but the people around him. And I think that often gets missed because obviously his character is built on this idea of loving animals and building a mm-hmm. sanctuary. But like Joe really did care and does care about the people around him. I know this because of the way Joe treats me. And I see the way that Joe treats the people around him. You know, he's he's a go getter. He's driven. He's alpha. Um, he's He's not a jerk. He's not an ass. He's none of those things. He knows what he wants. He goes for it and he makes it happen. He's a doer, right? Uh, he's he's not an architect of all the things that Carol has done. So, yes, not, and I've, I've met both of them in person. Like we've been in the room together. You know, we've, we've been around each other. Uh, so I can say that as a character reference against both. But what I, what I can say is one of the biggest indicators, too, in this whole thing is that, yes, the game was played just right. Chess, the chess was just in the right place. The you know, you, you had the rook in the right place, you had the queen in the right place, you had all these things happen by architecture of a particular person who know how to play the game. It it barred Joe from being able to present proper evidence during his original trial. He could not present witnesses. John Rinky, who served and managed that zoo for him for years, could not come and testify in the case. He was convicted of animal cruelty charges for euthanizing sick animals which is just crazy to me. But the, the technicality is because they're endangered species. You have to go through all these loopholes and paperwork and permissions in order to do it. Joe's heart is this animal suffering. I'm going to take care of it. Right. So, but he's convicted on doing the good thing to do just by not following, like you said, it's like the 300,000 laws, these little mm-hmm. tiny things that make up the difference. And again, the conspiracy to commit murder. Okay, he never there's no tracking receipts of Joe paying anyone off. It is all circumstantial evidence without actual receipts, transfers of money. And on top of it all, Alan Glover, the supposed hitman. Now, listen, Joe, Joe's a wild card. He definitely uses the resources at hand, but he's a smart enough man not to pay a a previously convicted criminal who's still out on parole, who's doing crack cocaine, unwieldy, undependable that Joe never liked to begin with. 
But on top of it, Joe, Joe, Joe's lawyer uh, through the process, Alan Glover came into him on video, signed an affidavit, swore on that video that he committed perjury in court. The, the original plot that was constructed by uh, Garrettson and by Jeff Lowe was to actually kill, kill Joe and to take his zoo and take his property. So there's, there's all this evidence, sworn evidence we've got computers, cell phones, all these things that were collected after the fact, all the data is there, all of the records are there to prove none of this was allowed in court. None of this was allowed during the time. Joe since filed an appeal. It sat there for 18 months. Nobody's touched it, right? And that's because in all this evidence, you have federal agents that have been pay paid off witnesses uh, to give false testimony. You have tracking of receipts where producers from the show um, also participated in paying people off to keep a narrative going because it sells better entertainment, better TV, these sorts of things. All the circumstantial evidence is there. It's being held. And I believe wholeheartedly, and I don't think I'm wrong about this. I don't even think this is a conspiracy theory. The Department of Justice is waiting out a certain number of years to get outside of a statute of limitations before they allow that case to be heard because they will have to overturn that conviction and let Joe come home. But they want to get outside a statute of limitations so they don't get mud on their face. You know, they always win their cases. So having an overturned conviction is a big deal for them, number one. But number two, having federal agents who will then be party to collusion, corruption, anything like that in the Department of Justice, especially right now while they're under the microscope. I think all of these things all kind of add up to this perfect storm and the reason that they're silencing Joe because he's bringing this evidence out there, putting it before the people. He's got it. It's publicly available. He's continued to push it. And as his voice gets louder and louder, especially during the presidential campaign, people are going to pay attention and somebody's going to have to answer for what's happened to Joe. Yeah, I think the bottom line is that People just do not know, even with the popularity of the show, they've sat through the episodes of the show. They don't know what he's actually locked up for. And if you break down the things that he's accused of doing, these are really like the animal stuff. Probably the normal person would get fined. Right. Or right. just exactly. you, these are he's being yeah. criminally charged for like civil crimes. Right. And exactly. like if Carol Baskin went and did the same thing. I guarantee you she would just pay a fine. She would right. not be doing jail time for euthanizing animals. And of course, because right. we, like we said, she's probably better at paperwork. She would just go through the right. paperwork, probably do the exact same right. thing, maybe even do it, treat the animal worse, but because it's more aligned to the bureaucratic standard, she would be exonerated, maybe even paid extra by the government, right? Get more funding and exactly. whatever it is that she she's, you know, her incentive is for, right. for doing whatever she does. So, I think it's the number one thing that's so important for people listening to, to this to understand is that Joe Exotic really didn't do anything. Talking about something Correct. is not doing something. Paying somebody, even if he had paid the person, I could see that. If he was like, okay, here's 10 grand and go get the job done. But literally just having a conversation in a bar. I got a question for you. You know Joe pretty well. Was he on drugs? Does he have a history of drug use? The guy looks like no, he's on I mean, drugs, but he, I don't know. He's had a history of doing things in the past. But yeah. during that time period, yeah. I think what you really have is just the frustration of a man who's watching everything he built over a couple of decades being torn apart. And when you live in that stress every day and it's being pushed down your throat from, you know, external media, uh, you know, it, other influencers, other people that are watching, you're starting to gain some public notoriety, things that were happening to him during that time period. I think you just get frustrated. You know, you just want to tell somebody to kiss off. I don't think it has anything to do with being 
on any substance or any abuse or anything. I think it just has to do with the mental exhaustion. You know, you beat a man down enough, eventually they respond. They do something, you know, yeah. whether it's correct or not, uh, they respond to it. But you're exactly right. And, and this is something that's interesting is, you know, are we going to start convicting people on thought crimes? Because, you know, again, to convict somebody on the words they say, they happen to circumstantially have these things around them. Are we we're, we're really getting close to destroying First Amendment rights in this country? You know, I deal with this a lot being somebody who's got a personality online myself. You know, you get haters. Right. You know, and there's times I get the same thing. You want to say to the haters, man, I wish they could lock you up and shut you up, you know. But the truth is yep. they have a First Amendment right. They are allowed to say what they want to say about me. They're allowed to. I've had plenty of people who've made veiled and unveiled <laughs> threats at me, you know, that you think, man, that shouldn't be right. But at the same time, I have to respect the same constitutional freedom that I expect for myself or somebody else. And if we're going to continue to let a, a conviction like Joe's stand up, right, then we got a problem. We got a problem as an American people in this country where it basically thought crimes become a, a, a legitimate ball game. And it's a great point you make because so I used to go on CBS and I would defend Donald Trump when he was running in 2015. And my Twitter was all like, I hope you choke on a nine millimeter. If I see you in public, right. you're going to get it. Where is the DOJ chasing down those people for those things? Because right. I actually was at a concert, first row of a concert in Chicago. And a guy comes up to me. He's like, you're the Trump guy from the news, pours a glass of wine on my head. And if there wasn't security there, could have escalated right. further and nothing happened to that guy. Right. So and he, he right. might have very well been the guy typing on Twitter. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to run you over with my car when I see you. Why is right. the, why where is the difference in, in one of those is actually, you know, a provable statement on a public platform directed at, right. at somebody and Joe Exotic's having a private conversation. Now he's serving 21 years of his life right. in prison. Losing yeah, mind his, you, this his is really wealth. important. It's really mm -hmm. important to understand because a lot of people will, will zero in in the moment in the show where Joe you yeah. know, shoots the blow up doll with a gun and be like, yeah, <laughs> but he did it there. Yeah. Like that's not even part of his conviction. Like people have to understand right. that's not even party to the conviction. They, these are all things that are private conversations that are had in frustration. And again, no particular action. The person is still alive. The money was not paid. It is not. There's no like it's it's not there. And so these are, yeah. these are the things we have to pause for a minute. Listen, do I think it's great to want to feel that? And do I think Joe felt some of those things he said? Actually, I do. I'm not going to sit here, you know, it'd be wrong. That, that's human nature. How many of us don't want to put up a dartboard in our, in our, you know, in our living room, kitchen, bedroom, wherever with somebody's face on it. Maybe even the person you crawl in bed next to every night sometimes, you know, and you throw the darts, you have these thoughts, like that's human nature of, of it. But when it comes to down to this like territory war and all these things that they were fighting over, um, you know, it, because Joe was basically standing up for the American people. Like you said, Carol's a bureaucrat. She was playing the game. Uh, to get in the club, to do all these things. And she basically, you know, again, people also forget in the narrative that she sold herself out to this bureaucratic BS in D.C. to allow laws to be passed that even don't allow her to do continue to do the work she's always done. She gave up her own, quote, purpose, which ought to tell you about her purpose, honestly, if it's a heartfelt purpose. And Joe said, no, that's infringing on the rights of the American people. That's getting in the way. That's a misinterpretation of the Endangered Species Act, the, the Animal Welfare Act, all these sorts of things. Joe was standing up for the American people going, listen, we got to fight this thing. And he's been calling it out for over a decade. And here we are. You know, President Biden signed that particular law in, into action December 2022. Carol's already on to the next one. She's working all the way down the line and she's funded by the animal rights people and all these people who play the bureaucratic games who aren't actually doing anything good 
in America, but rather tearing down our rights, our constitutional freedoms, and infringing in our lives day to day. And that's a great point. And the reason I asked about Joe being on drugs was actually to lead into this uh, analogy that I want to use. We've got the president's son, Hunter Biden, is in the news right now. He was on his cell phone. He was threatening a a Chinese government official or a high-ranking Chinese business official and basically said, if you don't have my money in my account in the next 24 hours, I'm sitting next to the vice president of the United States and I'm going to use all his power to come after you. His legal defense is, oh, he was on a lot of drugs, didn't mean what he said. And it it automatically gets dismissed. And yet you've got Joe Exotic who may or may not, maybe he was on drugs, maybe he had a couple of drinks, he's dealing with a stressful thing. Maybe he's just dealing with whatever stress. Stress is a drug, right? So he's just dealing with stress. And he goes, and he didn't even write this in a text message or anything. He he says it in a private conversation. He's probably illegally recorded. And this is the only piece of evidence being used to hold a man and take away his livelihood for the next 21 years. It just seems like such a horrible precedent to set for our justice system and for the American people. And I think you're totally right. I think that once it crosses a certain line in in the bureaucracy of the Justice Department, that they do have to hold it through that statute of limitations in order to save face. And so once it hits that seven years and everybody's kind of off the hook, they can say, okay, well, new evidence came out and we're, but everybody's safe. And, and if you know what's good for you, you'll just take a deal and disappear and be happy with your freedom. Uh, and, you know, probably sign all this stuff saying that you can never go after him and stuff like that. So you've got that. Okay. So that's some of the facts. I mean, this is a really interesting case. Um, We've got Joe Exotic 2024 for president. It's actually kind of crazy. We might have two candidates for president from prison this year. Right. Uh, you know, hopefully right. that's not the case. Uh, but that 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 is is kind of crazy. So you've got Joe running for president from prison. Tell us a little a little bit about you know his platform, what he's trying to do, and come on, do you think he actually believes that he has a chance at at becoming president you of know, the United States from prison? Here, here's what I've always said. Does he have a chance? I don't know. You know, anymore, I quit betting on what I think is the sure thing anymore, right? Right. Um, we've seen a lot of surprises in the last decade in this country, yes. yeah. especially when it yeah. comes to elections. Um, yeah. You know, Joe's platform is really to just give America back to the people, right? This was a country founded by the people, for the people, ruled by the people, for the people. And Joe's entire platform is the idea that, hey, these guys up on D.C., they serve at your pleasure. They're paid by your tax dollars. They work for you. You do not serve them. You're, you are not to pay taxes just to fund them. Your deal is about supporting this whole country, all of our freedoms. Those inalienable rights are given to us in the Constitution, right? Those things that are not, they're not granted by the Constitution. They're protected by the Constitution. These little nuances we leave out of our language and we've left out of our education for decades now, which has allowed us to indoctrinate and ruin the freedoms that are in this country. And Joe's focus is we have to get back there. We have to reduce government. Yes, he wants to get rid of all the alphabet agencies, right? But everybody says that it's a, it's a term. That matters to Joe. It's personal to Joe. Unlike most everybody else who says it, it's a real personal thing to him because he is a victim of those very things, right? Um, but bottom line is, is looking back and saying we founded this incredible country. 
on the concept of, you know, getting away from taxation without representation, the overbearance of government in our religious lives, our family lives, our business lives, our home lives, you know, where uh, how we conduct ourselves as individuals uh, to, to hand back the power to the states, to go back to being exactly what we were, a federation of states with an economic agreement for trade that made us a powerhouse in the international community. And so for Joe, it is looking back at those fundamental things that built this country and go, we got to get back there. But the first step to getting back there is we got to give the country back to the people, right? So I think if enough people heard that and understood that, and again, Joe's a character, right? So Joe says it the way Joe says it. You know, he's got a lot of expletives and things that go along with it, but that's Joe's heart. Joe is exactly what you said. He's your average one of the mill guy. He's enjoying his freedoms. He built his, he built his animal park. He built it on lands. He built his life. He wants to protect those freedoms. He wants that for every American, whatever your life looks like. And so his platform is about giving you back the country that you were born into or you came to, however that looks. And so to, to enjoy those freedoms and those protections in the United States, I think if more people understood that, I would tell you that Joe would Joe would be ruling the polls on the Democratic Party side right now because I don't think there's another candidate who actually believes that in the Democratic Party. Um, but I think he, he could stand the chance. But I think it's a matter of having his voice heard. And right now, the system's doing a really good job of trying to keep Joe silent. But his, his campaign slogan, and it will remain that way, and I think it'll be a slogan for the rest of his life, is you cannot silence us. And so it is time to for the American people to stand up and believe that you can't silence us. It's time to stand up. we got to do something, because if we don't, I don't think I think in the next four years, not just the next election. I think what happens to whoever we elect in the, after this next election, the next four years are going to determine whether this country really becomes a socialist shithole or whether we actually return to our freedoms, because whoever gets into that office has a very narrow window to correct a lot of things that are happening in this country. And Joe doesn't care. He's got nothing to lose guys. And I think that's the thing most people forget. He's already lost it all. He's got nothing. He lost everything he built. He has no home. He has no money. He has nothing. He has nothing but the name Joe exotic. However you see that, however you feel about that. But for him, that's his only leverage point left is to get in there and go, I will I will burn it to the ground if that's what it takes to give it back to the people. So he really has nothing to lose. He's not in the bureaucratic system. He's not in the pol pol political system. You know, he's just a person who is fighting for the good of the people around him. And I think that right there is what, personally, that's what I think America needs. I wouldn't lend my voice to it if I didn't know that was Joe's heart. You know, I don't need publicity in order, you know, to, to do anything in life. I can stand behind it because... I, I believe in it. And regardless of your your politics, what you know, it isn't about partisan politics and all that kind of stuff. It isn't about black, white, gay, straight, you know, whatever, immigrant, non-immigrant, whatever. None of that matters to Joe. For Joe, it is we are America. If you're going to be here, you're going to participate in this country, then you deserve the rights and freedoms that this country was built on. And we're going to protect that at whatever it costs. I think that's an incredible message, whether he's running for president or just sharing that information. I think the presidential platform is an amazing place to do that. I think you guys are are doing a lot of good for the conversation about our freedoms and about our constitutional rights that are are established by our constitution and, and not just uh, uh, suggestions. So for people that want to support not just Joe Exotic, Currently, he's locked up. He's the most, like you said, he's the most famous federal inmate in the country today. People that want to support him either financially or if they want to support his presidential run, where can people get more information or how can people support you? Absolutely. There's two places people can go, both the same site. So Joe Exotic. So there's two E's, by the way. I always say that to everybody. So it's Joe Exotic, right? It's two different words there. Joe Exotic 2024.com. Uh, and you can learn all about the campaign, 
ways to support Joe, how to even communicate with Joe. Listen, when, when somebody's locked up in solitary, don't just assume because Joe's a big name or a celebrity or whatever that Joe's just flooded with fan mail and all that. Everybody assumes that, therefore they don't send anything. So it does, it does good for Joe. If you want to support Joe personally, that's a great way to do it. You can find out how to do that on the site. If you want to know more about Joe's case, same website, joeexotic2024.com slash evidence. There are over 200 videos there, the video testimonials, the affidavits, the audio recordings, all of those things. The evidence that was not allowed in Joe's trial and the evidence since Joe's trial, uh, you know, lending to the perjury, corruption, collusion, all of those things uh, that should lend to Joe's freedom. So that's where you should go, joeexotic2024.com or joeexotic2024.com slash evidence. I think those are amazing resources. I'm excited to check them out myself and you can, you guys can count on my support at least um, in, in whatever capacity that I can give you guys because I think it's an amazing story and I think it's a terrible injustice. Uh, Michael Robbins, Robinson, uh, you, you're a great guest, but I also heard you have the number one monkey on the internet. Where can we see the number one most followed monkey on the internet? Give us a shout well, out. Well, you that. can go there. We, we have two of them here. We got two channels. We got my... Uh, my, now, mine that I raised as a baby, uh, we take in rehomes and rescues. Spider Monkey Winston uh, is one of those that you can go look at. TikTok, Instagram, anywhere. Spider Monkey Winston or Mojo the Monkey. Mojo the Monkey as well. Uh, you can look up both of those. They both reside here. They are, they are personal parts of our family, our life, everything that we do. So, uh, yeah, you can you can see the not political side of me and the uh, not Joe Exotic side of me by going and checking that out. It's monkeys everywhere. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, if you guys are tired of the monkey business in Washington, make sure to support Joe Exotic for president 2024. We've got his press secretary, Michael Robinson, on the air. This has been another episode of Vito Glazers After Dark Live from West Hollywood, California. Michael, thanks so much for for coming on as a guest, and we will see you guys next time. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to our latest episode of Vito Glazer's After Dark, live from the Soho House in West Hollywood, California. And if you enjoyed tonight's episode and you'd like to know how you can support us, I invite you to check out one of our affiliate partners, Try Carrot. Carrot is an influencer black card. It's the first charge card and credit card that's built around underwriting your social media audience in order to approve you for your credit limit. It's really cool and really innovative financially. And on top of that, the Black Card gives you access to some amazing events. Like they did a casino night in downtown LA. They do all kinds of influencer support groups and influencer opportunities. So if that's something that you're interested in, if you're an influencer or you're an entrepreneur that is active on social media and you would like to check out a really cool credit card or charge card, uh, I got approved for up to $15,000. You can apply for free at influencerblackcard.com. So again, if you enjoyed the episode tonight and you'd like to learn how you can support us without having to spend any money at all. You can apply for free. I invite you to check out influencerblackcard.com. And if you have any questions about it, feel free to DM me on Instagram at Vito Glazers and I can tell you all about it.